Jackson Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Good morning! Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Woo! What a night, Ben McKee! What a night! Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Oh my goodness! Ben McKee running on fumes this morning, but he's up. He's ready. I'm up. I'm ready. Even though I went to sleep about an hour before you, Ben McKee. Good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you? Man, I am. I'm wonderful, man. I'm great. I am. I'm fired up. I was so nervous all day yesterday. And for those listening, Ben McKee is on his way uh, out of the state of Mississippi. So uh, kudos to, to Ben for getting up and getting on the road and getting up out of there, man. Uh, we know they're hot and steaming down there after uh, all that talk about Southern Miss getting the win, being up a game, being up 4-0 to zero in the second game. And then just from there, they, they didn't score a run. Tennessee now going to Omaha. Set the scene, Ben. Set the scene for us. Well, last night was pretty simplistic compared to that game two win. Game two had a lot of different people chipping in and a lot of different guys playing heroes. We talked about that on Josh and Swain yesterday afternoon. But uh, last night, I know Tennessee punches its ticket to Omaha, but it was, it was pretty simplistic in terms of, of main people who contributed. I mean, baseball's a team game. Obviously, you need your whole defense to play well behind you, but uh, for the most part, it was it was Drew Beam leading the way. He had his curveball working for him, and that curveball was just absolutely filthy. I, I don't I don't really know exactly what adjustments uh, he has made. He's uh, he hasn't talked in depth when the media has asked him about those adjustments. He's only acknowledged that he's made adjustments. Uh, but that curveball is is breaking. Not even I mean so much more than it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, and, and when you pair that with a a mid nineties fastball. I know we talked yesterday that nowadays when you go ninety four, ninety five, you're considered kind of slow uh, because nowadays the, the high velocity is Paul Skeens and Chase Dolander and Chase Burns coming in throwing one hundred one, one hundred two. But uh, that, that's still some some good velocity for Beam at ninety four, ninety five, ninety six at times. And when you pair a curveball with it, and you, you've got your changeup working. Uh, you, you can have a lot of success, and you saw that last night. So Drew Beam set the tone and had to pitch through five innings of, of close baseball. And it was a, a one-run game for most of that game uh, after Tennessee did score first. And then uh, the offense picked it up a little bit and gave him a cushion. Zane Denton hit an absolute bomb, which was very impressive because the, the air was thick and the ball was not traveling. 
I believe it traveled 418 feet and was 103 off the bat. So uh, that was an impressive swing after Maui walked to lead off the inning. And uh, the, the big play in that inning, Twain, was that one-two pitch to Christian Moore that Christian Moore got hit hit by. And uh, that extended the inning and put runners on the corners and, and set the scene for Zane Denton. But uh, that gave Drew Beam a little bit of cushion, and, and he continued to do his thing until – Chase Burns came in and, and was absolutely electric. I mean, when, when that guy is on, there, there's not a more game-changing guy out of the bullpen or more electric guy out of the bullpen in all college baseball. I mean, that's how dynamic he is, pumping in that gas. And when, when the slider's going, I mean, it's, it's practically impossible to hit if you're a hitter. Uh, and don't forget Aaron Combs as well. Drew Beam did run into a little bit of trouble there in the top of the seventh, gave up back-to-back singles to, to lead off the inning. and. Southern Miss had runners on the corner, and I was very surprised that Tony decided to go to Aaron Combs. Uh, but Aaron Combs comes in there, and I guess four or five pitches, and his breaking ball was just as filthy as Beams, and, and picks up a strikeout. And then Burns comes in and, and gets his back-to-back strikeouts, and, and it was pretty much game over from then. Man, I got the date right here, Ben McKee. It was May the twenty-second. We had you on Josh and Swain. Dave Serrano calls in. He's like, this team is going to win it all. This team is going to be the team after the team. And last year's team was number one for most of the year. Unable to seal the deal. Unable to get to Omaha, period. And last night after the game, I thought about Dave Serrano, former Tennessee baseball coach. And how supportive he's been of this Tennessee baseball program after his time as a head coach. And um, I'm happy for these players. It was, yeah, the game started at 10 o'clock here. And, yeah, it was late. But, boy, we were dialed in, man. We were dialed in as fans, uh, hanging on every pitch. That was a dominating performance. Um, And you said it perfectly, man. I mean, Drew Beam. I'm just watching the movement on the ball. Like, how do you hit that? Who, who hitting that? <laughs> it's really hard to hit. <clears throat> when when his fastball command is what it is, I mean, that's what makes Drew Beam so great is his command. I mean, he, he is he has as good of a command as anybody when it's on. And when he when he gets that breaking ball going to, to pair with the fastball command to either side of the plate, because that set the tone early when he was throwing the fastball uh, and dotting it on the black. I mean, it, it was. I mean, it was perfect early on, and and again, when you follow it up with the curveball and the changeup, and I, I believe he's throwing a little bit of a cutter as well. I mean, it's just really, really difficult for a hitter uh, to to pick up and and get good swings off of, and, and that's why you saw so many Southern Miss hitters take goofy looking swings. I mean, that's a good Southern Miss lineup. Uh, it, it's good enough to, to be in the SEC, and in, in my opinion, uh, it's got. Uh, a little bit of thump, and they they hit for average. Uh, they're they're smart, good college baseball players. Um, and and Drew Beam and Chase Burns, pretty much that entire Tennessee pitching staff this weekend, outside of Andrew Lindsey, uh, who I don't know if it was jitters or, or what. He, he kind of struggled in his outing uh, when the series started on Saturday. I don't know what day it is, but I think it was Saturday. Um, uh, the the entire Tennessee pitching staff was just absolutely dominant, Swain, and and. I know, like last night, we were talking about Drew Beam and, and Chase Burns and 
and Zayn didn't. You know, Maui Ahuna finally had a big hit. Yay! Uh, you called that one. Yeah, I, I thought he was piecing together some good at bats, and I thought a big swing was coming, and he got one with the opposite way off the scoreboard uh, for a solo shot to give Tennessee a little more insurance. But, you know, we're talking about the game individually, but I think, like, two things stand out to me more than what actually happened in the game. And the, the first being how cool it is that literally a year from the day when Notre Dame was dogpiling in the middle of Lindsey Nelson Stadium, I know technically the game finished <laughs> the, on, on Tuesday because of how late it started, mm-hmm. but just for, for the sake of making the point, a, a, a year from the day of Tennessee being the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament and, and probably should have gone and won the national championship. I mean, they were by far the best team in college baseball last year, and, and they were upset on – on their home field and had to, to swallow that pill of watching Notre Dame celebrate on their own field to go to Omaha and, and coming up short a year from the day. I mean, they get it done. And, and the second thought that I was getting to is that not only did they get it done, but a group that the first half of the season, it did not feel like at all they were going to get it done. They, they did not at all feel like an Omaha team the first half of the season. And, and it's as impressive of a coaching job, by Tony Vitello in his short six seasons on Rocky Top uh, as any of them. You know, the, the last two seasons kind of felt smooth all the way getting to Omaha in 2021 and then up until that Notre Dame series. And, and this year was everything but smooth. So uh, kudos to the coaches, Josh Elander, Frank Anderson, Quinn Eberhardt, Richard Jackson, Ricky Martinez, all of them, Luke Bonfeld. I mean, that they did an absolute tremendous job of, of coaching this team and, and getting them better uh, over the course of the season. And, and then also the players. I mean, they deserve a ton of credit as well, making adjustments throughout the course of the season and, and, and getting to this point. And, I mean, they, the, the adversities that they had to deal with to even get to Omaha, playing on the road after all the talk about their road record uh, throughout the regular season. And, and they go into Clemson and sweep that regional. They go into Southern Miss when they probably should have been hosting back in Knoxville, dealt with all the weather and are still going to Omaha. So it's just, it's, it's a very, very impressive season uh, for Tennessee baseball with how it's gone and how big of a roller coaster it's been. And uh, they've got Paul Skeens waiting for them on, on Saturday night, but uh, let, let's see if they can continue the ride and, and do even more here in Omaha. That is Ben McKee. One thing I'm looking forward to and- that's not playing Southern Miss and having to watch Danny Lynch hit the ball um, and stand in the batter's box. What, what's, what's going on with uh, Danny Lynch, man, in, in that stance? He, he's just – that's his thing. It's, it's a little weird, but baseball players are weird and do weird things to get to where they need to be. Was that, was that your stance, man? Did you did you do something like that? I, I did not. Twerking and dropping it before you before you take a swing? Is that, is that what we're doing? No, I was not dropping it like it's hot in the batter's box before I tried to swing. Maybe I should have. Maybe it would have helped me. Maybe I could have gotten to play college baseball, but no, I, I was not doing that. Maui Ahuna, man, a lot of a lot of criticism his way this season. Fairly, unfairly, whatever, but two at-bats yesterday, two runs, a hit, home run, and uh, you said yesterday on Joshua Swain that you felt like he was stringing some really good uh, at bats together, you feel like he was, you know, seeing the ball. Uh, you said that he wants to be a pro 
prospect and a serious one. He's going to have to improve that part of his game. Fielding, obviously, is his strength, but needing to connect with the ball more. And, man, he did it. He did it. Um, the way that Blake Burke swings the baseball bat is how I play golf. Like, I'm here to hit the ball. I'm not here to measure it. I'm not here to look at it and, and try to determine how far or even pl- pick the right club. Just give me out the cart. Give me a club. Let me hit the ball. It feel like Blake Burke, three pitches, three swings, and if I hit it, I <laughs> I hit it. But, man, he he was great in game two. Uh, almost, Ben, almost sent one out this morning or last night. It was foul, but had the swing, had the bat flip, bat drop. It just was a little bit foul, just a little bit. Um, yesterday, I said that Griffin Merritt was going to be my guy that I felt like was going to step up, and um, he got a hit, and he was really, really consistent all series long, Ben. He was. He didn't really have the, the one big hit, but he was constantly on base. Uh, I believe four for five in game two, and, and all four were singles and, and had an RBI single, uh, and then had a, a base knock last night. Uh, as well, and it gave Tennessee the the early lead, uh, that one nothing lead. I, I guess it was in the bottom of the second. Uh, so he, he was very very important. Uh, and talk about guys that have gotten better over the course of the season. Yeah. Christian Merritt is exactly that. I mean, playing in the AAC, you don't really see the high velocity that the SEC has uh, as often, at least. And he had to make that adjustment. His swing was a little long early in the year. I remember you and I having com- side conversations. Yeah. Uh, about Griffin Merritt needing to make adjustments, and, and he's done that. And you've seen that this weekend. That this, this weekend was the perfect example of how he has shortened his swing and, and gotten quicker to the ball, and, and uh, the, the hits have followed. All three players that score for Tennessee transfers. Griffin Merritt, Cincinnati, Zane Ditton, Alabama, Maui Huna, Kansas. It's about recruiting. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. Obviously, we saw the development with with uh, Griffin Merritt throughout the season, the adjustment that he made. Um, but three guys that came from different schools were the ones that hit the ball and, and brought runners in. Uh, Merritt did it in the second. Zane didn't hit his three-run homer in the fifth. And then Maui Ahuna surprised a lot of people and hit a home run there in the seventh. Don't think he surprised himself, but it goes back to recruiting, Ben. And Tony Vitello did a great job in the transfer portal bringing these guys in. And these same guys made a huge contribution last night or this morning. What are we going to say? We saying last night or this morning? How are we doing this? I mean, it was both. I mean, Maui's home run, I think, was this morning, but Chris and Merritt's <laughs> RBI single was last night. I think Zane Denton's three-run home run was last night. So it was both last night and this morning. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know what day it is. I don't know where I am. I don't, I don't know what day it is. It, I'm all discombobulated uh, on this, I guess, Tuesday morning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the transfers, I mean, that's that's what they were brought here to do. And they didn't have that production early in the season. Uh, and, and they had to – to become more comfortable, I believe. I, th- I think Griffin Merritt's been comfortable since he got to Tennessee. 
I mean, he's he's just a natural born leader. If you just listen to the guy, you know within five minutes of, of talking to him uh, why people gravitate towards him and, and why he has been able to, to step into Tennessee's clubhouse and, and be a leader despite transferring here and not having been here for his entire career. Uh, and I could tell that from I called him to talk to him for a story when he committed, and I could tell right away why Tennessee wanted him on top of him being a, a righty power bat and a left-handed heavy lineup. Uh, but it, it hasn't been as smooth for Maui Ahuna and Zane Denton, uh, but it has been lately. Uh, Zane Denton had a, a horrific fall uh, and nothing of his own fault. Uh, a former teammate at Alabama uh, committed suicide. Uh, who, and that former teammate had transferred to another school in South Carolina, I believe, and, and then committed suicide. And then I believe he had a family member uh, that lost their life as well. I, I think he dealt with mono on top of another sickness. Uh, so it was just a really, really tough ball for Zane Denton and, and could never really find his footing. And I think that carried over into the season uh, a little bit. And, and you've heard Tony Vitello uh, talk about him finding his personality, and, and you can certainly see that. Uh, Chase Dolander credited St. Denton uh, for turning his outing around in game two this weekend. Uh, Chase gives up the big three-run homer, and then St. Denton makes that incredible diving play down the line to, to save a double, and, and that would have been uh, a, a no-out double or maybe even a triple following the home run. So uh, if, if St. Denton doesn't make that play, who knows what happens in, in that inning. It may turn into even more of a crooked inning. Uh, but he, he kind of turned around to Chase Dolander and said, hey, I got you. And Chase said that that calmed him down. And mm. Zane wasn't doing that at the beginning of the season. Uh, again, just because of his tough fall that, that he had, uh, he was still trying to find his footing. And, and then the story on Maui, I mean, everybody knows it. Uh, it's, it's been rough from the jump. Uh, the, the fans get on his back a little more than they should. Uh, the strikeouts are an issue, no doubt about it. He struck out a ton this year. That's something he's going to have to correct for pro ball. Uh, especially if he wants to sustain a career in, in the big leagues, in my opinion. Uh, but the, the glove is as good as any in college baseball, and uh, he does draw a lot of walks, and he does hit a lot of doubles. Uh, and, and he has played a key role in, in Tennessee getting back to Omaha, especially this past weekend and last weekend in Clemson defensively. So uh, Tony Vitello had an 8 a.m. recruiting flight this morning, and uh, his joke was that hopefully that, that he doesn't really have to do any recruiting once he gets there and that last night's game will – be all the recruiting that he needs man that's what you would hope that's what you would hope for sure man when you go out there and perform like that players want to be a part of that and for griffin merritt maybe seeing last year's team was all he needed i mean here's someone that lived in cincinnati from cincinnati played at the university of cincinnati he said it uh i want to say to wvlt uh after the game in his post game uh, interview that you know he left basically everything to to come to Knoxville. His girlfriend, his brother's still plays for Cincinnati, I believe. Yeah, so like he it was a mission for him. Like he knew what he wanted. He knew that he needed to get to a place that hey, maybe more exposure, more competition. Uh, that was going to highlight his skill set and. He was all business, it seemed like, from day one. And you mentioned his maturity and his leadership. And so, yeah, you can you can just tell, man. You you can tell. You can tell. What a what a year. What a 
24-month run for Tennessee Athletics. Not many schools in the country have done what Tennessee Athletics have done in the last 24 months. We'll share more about that when we come back. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Jason Swain live here in the Low T Center studio. We'll be right back. The Swain event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Good morning, Swain event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Beautiful day to have a beautiful day. And it's always easier to have one of those days when the big orange is doing big things. And that's what's going on right now. And that was the case for Tennessee baseball last night, this morning. (laughs) I don't know. Bill Martin's Twitter account, Tennessee's SID, a year after having an SEC best. Ten players drafted. The Vols, they've won 43. Omaha bound. Sent the fourth seed, Clemson. Sent to the fourth seed, Clemson, and won it. Sent to Southern Miss for the Super. Won it. That's your Tennessee baseball team so far this year. And there's another step to take. Last time in Omaha, didn't win a game. Here's an opportunity to take another step. And a huge step in LSU, a team that in the first meeting on a Friday, Tennessee kind of beat themselves, had an opportunity to win that game, Ben. And uh, Paul Skeens, whoo, boy, best pitcher in college baseball. But outside of Paul Skeens, okay, what what else do they have? <laughs> that, that's been – well, that's been the question I've that I've heard with – LSU's kind of 
because they were the one in the country and in the, in the pitching bullpen, what else do they have? We, we know the lineup as far as hitting being. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, yeah. Like that's why I was giggling. Yeah. 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 Like hit, like hitting. Yeah. Yeah. They got, you know, Dylan Cruz and those boys, like that lineup is ridiculous and sick. We got to have our best uh, pitching outing, but like outside of the, 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 Paul Skeens, the pitcher in that bullpen. Okay, what what else do they have? And so, if you can get past Paul Skeens, um, from you know what I've heard about LSU, you, you have a chance there. You have a chance. But before I go there, I want to share this though because I think this is this is important about uh, you know Tennessee being an everything school, and it's just not something that. It's just cool to say it's catchy. I remember when like VFL became marketable and um, it was more about the brand than actually the, 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 the work and how to treat people and how to treat VFLs. And sometimes the branding can get more important than the actual action itself. Well, that's not the case here because you hear Tennessee being an everything school, Ben. Tennessee is the only school since 1998 to win a BCS slash New Year's Six Bowl, advance to the men's and women's basketball Sweet 16, and advance to the men's and women's College World Series in the same academic year. Only school since 1998. Wow, truly an everything school. But when you see LSU, Ben, fair to say that if you get past Paul Skeen somehow, some way, there's a chance to really put a dent in the LSU and get the win. Well, first, it, it finally does really feel like 98. That's been a running joke. Amongst Tennessee now fans you're right for, about that. Now you're right. for so many years, and, and now it, it finally feels like '98. And I, I know that it can be frustrating at times, uh, referencing the, the basketball team and, and maybe not going as, as far as they would like. But uh, and the Lady Balls as, as well haven't necessarily been vintage Lady Balls of, of late. But it's really been an incredible year for, for all of Tennessee athletics and uh, I know a lot of Tennessee fans are soaking it in because uh, the the decade prior uh, to the last couple of years that it was not friendly it was not kind to Tennessee fans so uh, I know Tennessee fans are certainly not taking it uh, for granted but this LSU team is going to be really really tough uh, because it is obviously Paul Skeen uh, might be the number one overall pick in, in next month's draft uh, it, it really depends on if the, the Pirates want to spend money on, on him or, or Dylan Cruz or somebody else, you know, the draft is, is so weird with, with professional baseball. Uh, but if not Cruz or if, if not Schemes, then his teammate, Dylan Cruz, who many believe to be the best player in college baseball, yeah. I mean, he, he's in the lineup and, and Tennessee's going to have to deal with that. And yeah. it's just not Dylan Cruz. I mean, it's, it's Trey Morgan and Tommy White and, gosh, I mean, guy after guy after guy. Uh, so it's going to be really difficult uh, for Tennessee. I imagine Andrew Lindsay would pitch on Saturday night, uh, and, and it's it's going to be up to, to Lindsay uh, to to keep that offense uh, at bay. 
Uh, and, and Tennessee did a, a fairly good job of that the, the first time around. If I remember correctly, it was it was like a 2-2 game uh, in the sixth, seventh inning before LSU kind of broke it open or, or took the lead late. Uh, so they're going to have to keep the, the LSU lineup intact and allow Tennessee to get to the bullpen uh, to answer your question. I mean, Tennessee's just going to have to find a way uh, to get to the bullpen. Paul Skeens is, is going to go six or seven innings. I mean, that's just what Paul Skeens does. Uh, so the earlier they can get to the bullpen, uh, the, the better they, they've their pitching has gotten better the last couple of weeks uh, with with Ty Floyd and, and Thatcher Hurd, uh, but the, the bullpen has has been kind of of shaky. It, it's been it's been good the last you know several weeks, but uh, they're they're relying on some youngsters back there because of some injuries. Uh, so they've just got to find a way to to get Skeens out of the game really before the eighth or ninth inning. I mean, they it, it can't be the ninth inning when Skeens is coming out. You got to give yourself a little more room to work. So. Uh, we talk about Maui seeing a ton of pitches and and working at bats, and then Christian Moore's great at that. Christian Scott's good at that. Jared Dickey's good at that. I mean, they they really got to make Skeen throw a lot of pitches so they can get to that bullpen uh, earlier than the eighth or ninth inning, and and then try to do damage off of a guy that's a youngster or a guy that's an experience. That that's going to be the key to that game. But I tell you what, that that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Tennessee, LSU. Omaha on a Saturday night yeah. to, to, to kickstart Tennessee's run, 7 p.m. ESPN. I mean, it, it really does not get any better than that. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 865-255-03 is our hotline. Ben McKee's occupying that hotline this morning because he's on his way up out of the state of Mississippi. Are you, are you out of Mississippi yet? Yes. Already? Yep. So you're in Alabama? Yep. I don't know if that's better. Um. Okay. Okay. Let, let's know you hit Tennessee. Okay. Fine by me. <laughs> C Mac is excited because there's going to be a parade inside of his city. He's on the text box. Denver Nuggets won the finals last night, beating the Miami Heat four games to one. Was that series? Jeff Morris, just want to give a shout-out to Ben for the stellar baseball coverage. I love to bust his chops, but he's killing it out there. What about that, man? How about that love from Jennifer Morris? Well, Jennifer's the best as a friend and as a realtor, too. And if anybody's out there in Knoxville looking for a new home, I encourage you to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty because she's the best. And I'm not just saying that because she just – gave me a compliment. She really is the best and she'll help you find your next home or your first home like she helped me and my family. So reach out to Jennifer if you need to move to Knoxville, which if you don't live in Knoxville, you need to. So reach out to Jennifer. Volstorm says, Parade? Oh, Volstorm. Japan says, what a great way to start my vacation with the dub last night. Me and the wife are headed Heading to Jamaica this morning. Peace and love. Chipane, we don't care. How about you going on vacation, okay? And you didn't have to tell us exactly where you're going. You could have just been vague. But no, Chip, you had to rub it in even more. You couldn't just say, what a great way to start my vacation with the dub last night. Peace and love. No, he had to say, we're heading to Jamaica. You know what you was doing, Chip Payne. 
He ain't slick. Nelson from Jackson says that the staff had to pick. Are they taking Braden, Braylon Russell or Daniel Hill? Hill seems like a long shot. Ben, get get your get your guy, Nelson, man. <laughs> Come over here and get your guy, Nelson. Nelson. Oh, oh, Nelson asking the recruiting question. Since he's got Peyton Lewis locked up and, and he's worried about that second running back commit. I, I respect it. I, I really do. I, I tell you what, I think both are really good and, and since he would be happy with either. Get, get your guy, Ben. We over here talking about Tennessee advancing to the College World Series. <laughs> <laughs> Down a game. In the best of three, on the road, weather delays. And game number two was down 4-0. Comes back, wins, and then just shuts out completely Southern Miss in the third game to get to the College World Series. We're running on fumes this morning. And here comes Nelson from Jackson. Talking about a recruiting football question. This is this is what Nelson does every time. He doesn't care what's going on, what the conversation is about, the occasion. He doesn't care. Birthday, funeral, graduation, sweet 16, uh baby shower. He don't care. He wants to know about Tennessee football recruiting bid. I mean, Read the room, Nelson. It's his cup of coffee, Swain. It's his <laughs> cup of coffee. That, that, that's how he gets going in the morning. It's the recruiting. Got to talk about recruiting. <laughs> I'm kidding, Nelson. I'm kidding. Brian Hussucker says last night's game was a Drew Beam redemption game. Last year, he was uh, snubbed for last year's game three against Notre Dame. He was pissed about it. Last night, he got a chance and shine and like being tweeted last night. Next year's Friday starter. Oh, man. Well, not only Drew Beam, but Chase Burns had a little bit of redemption as well. Yeah. I, I know Drew Beam was was hurt and annoyed that he didn't get to pitch in last year's Super Regional. Uh, and, and I totally understand that. He was the SEC Freshman of the Year, and in some publications had him as the National Freshman of the Year. And, and kudos to him. He admitted that. Uh, he ran into issues at the end of last season and uh, didn't quite know at that time how to properly take care of his body. Uh, but this past offseason, Quentin Everhart, the strength coach, uh, helped him uh, learn how to properly take care of his body. And, and you've seen uh, a different Drew Beam at the end of the season. He's playing his best baseball at the end of the season this year compared to where last year he played his best baseball at the beginning of it. So, uh, that's a huge development for Tennessee as it heads to Omaha. And, uh, kudos to him, but also Chase Burns. You know, Chase Burns gave up uh, several key hits to Notre Dame in that loss last year that ended Tennessee's season. And uh, we talked about a, a year ago from the day, I mean, a year ago from the day of, of Notre Dame knocking Chase Burns around. I mean, he comes in and, and knocks Southern Miss around. I mean, just pumping premium gas. Uh, Dickerson, Dustin Dickerson, the shortstop there for Southern Miss, uh, who is their best bat. I mean, he, he comes in and sits them down on three pitches. And 101, 102, I mean, it, it was just absolutely uh, ridiculous. So 
uh, cool to see both of, of Tennessee's sophomore pitchers be able to redeem themselves uh, last night. 100%, man. I got some bad news. You know, Ace has been feeling real sick lately, Ben. Um, I've had to take him to the vet a couple times. But I just got this message from Nelson and asked me, speaking of Ace, who's the number one recruit on the board for Tennessee football? (sighs) Read, Read the room, Nelson. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Nelson, man. We know Tennessee football is king, and we know recruiting is the lifeline of Tennessee football. It It's single-handedly the most important topic in Knoxville. If, I mean, if we call it a spade a spade, Ben. Oh, it is. Yeah, it I mean, like, like football is king, and the – good players that come to Tennessee is the most important topic. So like I'm totally joking with Nelson because that's all he cares about. (laughs) Like that's the joke. Like that's all he cares about. Nothing else. Church and recruiting. That's it. But if Tennessee beats Alabama for the first time and, what was that? 16 years, and you give Nelson a cigar to smoke, he won't smoke it. That's what I will say about Nelson. He won't touch it. He won't, he won't, he won't even light it up. Neil Mafia says, so a question about golf recruiting is out the question. Yeah. Yeah. 44 Vols says, I'm up early with Chase Burns energy after a couple cup. Cups of coffee. We going to Omaha, baby. Let's freaking go. Like, I've never seen Chase Burns that amped. Like, I thought the peak of ampness and hype was what we saw at home versus Vanderbilt. I thought that was the tip of the iceberg. I thought that was the 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 the, the mountaintop of lit. No, there's another level of Chase Burns. And we saw, I thought he was going to pass out. I mean, he did a throw slash. I know, I saw that. Coming off the mound. I mean, uh, Chase Burns has has had a a different energy to him this this season. Uh, I I think you saw that shine through there after after he came in and and got Tennessee out of that jam. Uh, Because that that was Southern Miss's chance to do damage with runners on the corner, no outs. You you finally got uh, Drew Beam out of the game. And Really, Tony goes to Aaron Combs instead of Camden Sewell or or Chase Burns, and I mean that was the pitcher perfect. Tony Vitello one thousand percent wanted to bring in Camden Sewell uh, and, and let the fifth year senior send them to Omaha, and I would have done the wanted to do the same thing, um, but you, you just can't mess around with Chase Burns when when he comes in and and has the energy that he has and and is pumping the the gas. That, that he is. I mean, there in the ninth inning, he lost it there for a second, gave up a, a leadoff walk, and, and then went down 2 0, 3 0 to that next batter. Yeah. And uh, I mean, he all, I mean, he didn't do anything special in terms of what pitch he was throwing. Uh, he, he corrected something mentally or physically with his mechanics to, to start throwing strikes again. But I mean, all he was doing was pumping 
fastballs right down the middle. I mean, that's all he was doing, and Southern Miss could not catch up to it. Uh, and, and again, uh, Burns had he had he had a different energy to him, has all year, and uh, it, it really showed there uh, in, in in the end of that game, and, and even in the seventh inning, he did the throat slash coming off the field, and then he goes down and walks up to the camera, and then and yells, "Let's go at the camera!" And then he's got the, he's sitting on the bench, looking down at the ground with a towel over his head. I mean, I. I thought we were watching Al Wilson play football or something. Man, he, he, I don't know if you saw it from your angle, but he threw his uh, <laughs> glove in the dugout too. He was so, yes. he was so hyped. Yes. Uh-oh, it was, that, that's different. You, that, that was different energy for sure. Uh, and it, it helped Tennessee close out that game. No doubt about it. Question about baseball etiquette. Cause you know, there's all these unwritten rules. Yeah. So what Chase Burns did was, is that, is that like against the rules? Cause I saw like where, the Southern Miss batter was was mumbling to himself or, or trying to talk or stare down Chase Burns like he's going to do something. And what you going to do? What you going to do, Claude? Nothing. You ain't going to do nothing. Just keep walking. But, like, was Chase Burns wrong for showing emotion after a big strikeout in a super regional game? Like, come on, Ben. Tell, tell me that he wasn't necessarily wrong in the world of unwritten rules. I mean, I'm I'm sure there's some old heads who did not appreciate the the energy Chase Burns had coming off the mound, but uh-huh. I didn't have a problem with it because it was a super regional game. I mean, if it was an SEC game in the middle of April or end of March, I mean, I I think that would be a little much at at that point. But I mean, it's super regional, and, and Chase Burns himself is is trying to redeem himself after last year, like I just talked about, and uh, Omaha's on the line, and it, it's been a weird weekend, and and all the circumstances have, have really gone against Tennessee's favor in the NCAA tournament, and, and he's coming in there pumping 101-102 to sit down the heart of the lineup for Southern Miss. I, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I, again, I'm sure there's some old heads who, who did not like it, but given the moment in, in the game, I, I thought it was it was perfectly fine. Maybe don't do a throat slash, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but other than, than the throat slash, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I, I think he tried to be like real slick with it. Um, but there was another strikeout that he had. All he did was kind of just hit, hit his chest, and that hitter had a major problem with it. Yes. Now, I, I prefer the Chase Dolander method. You, you saw uh, uh, Dustin Dickerson uh, in, in game two. Dolander struck him out, uh, and Dickerson turned around and told him that you suck, and, and Chase Dolander just shrugged at him and, and pointed to the scoreboard. That, that's kind of the method that I like. I like just pointing to the scoreboard as we strike him out. But uh, I, I like I Burns' energy. I mean, it, it helped get Tennessee over the hump. So uh, not not too many Tennessee fans should be complaining, if any. <laughs> Raleigh Vall says that matchup with LSU is going to be epic. Ben, how do you think our lineup matches up? And then after you answer that, we'll uh, take a quick timeout. Yeah, I mean, nobody's lineup matches up well with Paul Skeens. I mean, the guy is just absolutely electric. I, I think it was Ben McDonald, uh, the former LSU pitcher who does a great job breaking down games, uh, also works for the Orioles and, and calls games for the Orioles on the on the radio when he's not calling the SEC baseball games and college baseball games. I, I think it was Ben McDonald, uh, but said it looked like Chase Dolan or uh, Paul Skeens is a is a big league ace pitching against a, a college team. I mean, it, it's ridiculous what Skeens is doing. I mean, he's just an absolute specimen on the mound and pumping tri- triple digits well into his start. 
his last couple of pitches, he's throwing triple digits in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, and I believe he has a nasty changeup to go along with it, and uh, slider, curveball, whatever freakish breaking ball he has. I mean, it's it's not a good time if you're a hitter at the plate. So uh, Tennessee's lineup has its work cut out for them, but uh, that's also why LSU is where it is, uh, and, and he has not been an easy matchup for anybody uh, this season. Uh, maybe a team here or there, but not many people have had success against Paul Steen. So like we said earlier, they're just going to have to work counts and, and try and tire him out and, and get him out of there as early as possible. How much stock would you put into the fact that Tennessee already played against him and kind of know what to, know what to expect versus a yeah, team but, that, that will see him for the first time? No, I, I think that's a huge uh, thing for Tennessee. I, I think it's huge that they've already faced him once this season. Uh, because they, they will absolutely know what to expect. Uh, they, they will be able to go back and, and correct some things, uh, either physically in, in their stance or, I don't know, just little things here and there. So that, that's huge. And, and it could be uh, the difference in, in Tennessee winning or losing. Uh, the, the formula is going to be Andrew Lindsay trying to shut down an LSU lineup that's just as good as Paul Fien. Uh Lindsay's going to have his work cut out for him. Uh, but if, if he can keep LSU in that, two to three run range for seven innings or so, then, then Tennessee will have a, a fighter's chance and then hope that a guy like Zane Denton puts a, another clutch swing on the bat or on the ball and, and that be the difference late in the game. 865-255-03 is our hotline. Ben McKee is on the hotline on his way back to the great state of Tennessee. Great coverage of Tennessee baseball this season and hopefully it does not come to an end anytime soon as Tennessee will face LSU first in Omaha College World Series. Tennessee really is an everything school. And I like to think that the Swain event is an everything show. We'll be right back. It's Ben McKee, Jason Swain. I'm live here in Low T Center Studio. Stay with us. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a low T center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, low T center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T center reinventing men's healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're an everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. 
probably not the safest thing to do is to be doing video while Ben McKee is driving. So, uh, you know, we're going to be safe today. We're going to be safe today. Wow, man. At what point of the season did you say, Ben, you know what, this team, this team can, can go to Omaha. Like, after this team felt like you hit rock bottom. Like, what was the lowest point? And then what was the point where you were like, you know what, this 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 team, this team can get to Omaha now? Uh, well, the lowest point was that loss to, to Tennessee Tech in, in the midweek uh, where, where they got beat down pretty good. That was coming off of uh, getting swept at Arkansas. And that Arkansas series was, was just really frustrating to watch if you're a Tennessee fan because all Tennessee did was beat itself. Uh, Arkansas was a, a better team for, for most of the season, uh, but Tennessee really beat itself. Christian Moore and Maui Ahuna could have flipped the ball to one another at second base to, to turn a double play. There were, there were dropped balls in the outfield, and at-bats weren't very competitive, and Tennessee just really shot itself in the foot, which is funny because I remember some Arkansas beat writers uh, mocking Wes and I for saying that, but uh, the team that they're covering is no longer playing, and, and I'll be in Omaha this weekend. Ben! if I was almost on to something uh, when I was saying that. But, ben! Uh, what? Good job. Uh, but that that was the, the that was rock bottom. Tennessee did hit rock bottom, uh, getting swept by Arkansas and, and losing to Tennessee Tech. I mean, they were 5-10 and 10 in SEC play, and that was the first time I started to wonder if, if they were going to even make the NCAA tournament. Uh, and um, Honestly, like, I didn't think that they could make it to Omaha. I mean, they always could have, but I didn't actually think they were going to make it to Omaha until they beat Clemson last weekend. Mm. Uh, that, 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 that was what swung me. I mean, I, I thought that they played well throughout the second half of the regular season. Uh, they, they had some nice series wins uh, to end the regular season with Kentucky and, and uh, South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina and, and Kentucky were both uh, just short of, of the College World Series. Uh, LSU swept Kentucky this weekend, and uh, Florida swept South Carolina. Uh, but both of those teams were super regional teams, and uh, Tennessee uh, swept Kentucky at home, and uh, Tennessee beat South Carolina on the road in the regular season. Uh, but it, it, it just didn't feel like this team was consistent enough coming out of that Texas A&M game at the SEC tournament. Uh, we talked about it uh, on your show with, with Josh Ward, and uh, it, it was it was that Clemson win. And it was odd because Caden Bryce shut Tennessee down for eight and two-thirds innings. I mean, the guy was one out away, uh, one pitch away, I believe, from a complete game. And Tennessee has to come through the loser's bracket to, to make it out of the Clemson regional. And they didn't put that big swing on the ball after uh, Christian Moore and Blake Burke hit back-to-back singles. Uh, but it was, it was kind of that moment uh, because – and I, I talked to you more about it through text and, and in person when I saw you. But my biggest concern with this team was the leadership and the the adversity, battling through adversity. And that was something that I didn't think that they necessarily did well through most of the season. And again, not that they completely folded or were front runners completely or didn't have any leadership. It just wasn't where it needed to be. And I think it has developed into what it needs to be these last couple of weeks. So. Uh, it, it's been quite the turnaround. I talked about it earlier. These players deserve a ton of credit, and 
Uh, I, I think it's it's Tony Vitello's best coaching job at Tennessee so far because that that Omaha season in 2021 into the last season it it felt smooth, it felt easy, and this year felt everything but that. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. I'm gonna get to the text box because we got some good stuff on the text box. But first, the weather has been up and down, thunderstorms here in the south, but the the temperatures are rising, folks. The one thing you don't want to do is wait until your air conditioning unit breaks down before you do something about it. Call Hiller this month. Free UV light, free electronic air cleaner when you buy select new HVAC systems or get whole home water filtration for just $59 a month or whole home generator, a new one for just $139 a month. Call Hiller's Heatwave Heroes to save the day. Visit happyhiller.com to book your appointment. I had Hiller at the house last week, making sure that my AC was ready to go. So uh, yesterday I also saw Hiller at one of my neighbor's house. Don't know what, what work was going on because that's none of my business, but I did see the truck. So call Hiller. Prepare for the summer. Happyhiller.com. Raleigh Vall says, Nelson only smoking cigars when those 2028s put Knoxville Catholic in their top six. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine Nelson after seeing Knox McKee's tweet announce what middle school he's attending. (laughs) Knox has already committed to Tony Vitello and the Vols. I I secured that commitment uh, the the day he was born. I love it. I love it. Chip Payne says, I hope I can watch while I'm in Jamaica. Oh my gosh! I wish we had a block function on the text box. Surely Jamaica has ESPN. That needs to be a new app upgrade or update. Block function on the text box <laughs> for moments like this. I hope I can watch while I'm in Jamaica. Oh my gosh! Vol Birmingham, we need that energy in our dugout. It's the juice this team needs. The throat slash. Will be a meme used by Vol Twitter for years. Well, and Swain, I think another thing, real quick, uh, as, as you run off the text box before we get out of here, but uh, I think Tony Vitello has changed his temperament to a certain extent. I mean, you, you still see him kind of explode out of the, the dugout from time to time, uh, but for the most part, you, you don't see the. He's still fiery, still passionate, but he, he doesn't go further than he probably should. At least he hasn't this season. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been ejected once all year, and it was at Missouri. And I was driving back from the NCAA tournament in Orlando, but uh, folks who were in Missouri uh, with the team, they said that that was a very soft ejection. And the umpire gave him a very, very quick trigger, and, and Tony didn't really do anything to deserve uh, to get ejected other than try and ask a question. So uh, you haven't seen him <laughs> Chest bump and umpire, obviously, but even to a lesser extent, uh, be so so far on the, the high end of, of the the scale of being emotional. And I think that's helped this team when you go down to Southern Miss in game two with your season on the line. I, I think it I think they remain steady. Whereas last season I think the team lacked that and I think Tony Vitello's temperament and has, has had a lot to do with that. That was something that I think he made a conscious effort to to know and try and make an adjustment over the offseason, and I think it's paid off. Yeah, yeah. I can see it too, man, because 
your team is going to shadow or have the same type of mentality as your head coach. I mean, they're extension of the head coach. And so uh, the calm that you see in the dugout and personal situations, I think that's rubbed off on this team to where they can win at home Vanderbilt being down in the ninth inning. They can win in a postseason scenario versus Clemson, a team that was one of the hottest teams in the country, and then come back and win against other Miss after being down a game. So, yeah, like I, I think Tony's personality has rubbed off on this team in a really, really, really good way. Um, Raleigh Vall says, I'm going to hit up Jennifer Moore soon, trying to pitch the wife. I'm moving outside of Knoxville like Ben. <laughs> Those are fighting words, Riley Ball. <laughs> oh man, he's on one today. That's that's a good one. Chip Payne says the Swain Vince like the is like the barbershop. You get all the gossip you want, you get all the life lessons, talk sports, and even get at each other like brothers and sisters do. Love the barbershop. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Oh man. Yo, this is fun, man. This is fun. This is the this is the the way it's supposed to be covering a team, rooting for a team, cheering for a team. Supposed to be fun. And it's fun when you win. And that's been the case for Tennessee athletics. Oh my goodness. A lot of winning, not just talk. When Tennessee puts out the message that they are an everything school. So what y'all gonna do today, Tennessee fans or Vol Twitter? Y'all y'all gonna um, y'all gonna let Southern Miss fans breathe on Twitter? Y'all gonna y'all gonna put the foot on the neck? Keep it there. What's going on today on Vol Twitter? With Vol Twitter, huh? What do you anticipate seeing being on Twitter today? Well, I'm sure Vol Twitter's pulled up the receipts from from all the. <laughs> Arkansas fans and, and Vanderbilt fans that don't have a team to watch this next week and a half. I think I was I think I was more nervous to see Southern Miss fans be able to brag and gloat about their team winning than, than anything else. Like I just didn't want to see that every time I opened up Twitter. But we got Wigos over here clapping. They took the I guess it's Dickerson posing for a photo, maybe in game one or game two, and put Maui Ahuna in the shot. Do you think uh, his sister will post that on on her website? (sighs) Hmm. Nah, he's, uh, he's fully clothed, man. I don't think so oh boy oh boy like that's that's the that's the worst that's the worst man you're trying to go play a baseball game and you got that type of ammunition against you well well, I thought it was funny that uh, one of the people that works for Southern Miss in the that was in the press box he, he said that Tennessee fans were actually slower to find it uh, than most schools 
most fan bases find it like on a Monday or Tuesday at the beginning of the week. Well, that's because we're not we're not we're not pervs like the rest of the other fans. That's that's why they yeah. they found it they found it really fast for a reason, Ben. For those well, that don't know what's, what's big, going on. What's Big Orange Mac doing this morning? Oh, man, who knows? Uh, for, for those that don't know what's going on, one of the Southern Miss's players' sister is uh, on uh, OnlyFans. So, uh, yeah. And he's actually good, too. I mean, he's, he's a good player. Really good player. But that's... That's rough, man. I don't know how he plays like that. I guess I guess we can compare that a little bit to uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. Remember he had to play his his years at Vanderbilt, like all the stuff was coming out about his his mom, Larissa Pippen. And yeah, I don't know what's worse. <laughs> like that's whoo. People talking about your mom, your mom out here showing out, or your sister out here showing out. Like how like how do you how do you play? When you have the opposing fans and players bringing that up in your face, Sheesh. that might be a, that might be that might be a good poll question. What's worse, sister or or, or mom with Sky Pippen Jr. Speaking of Scottie Pippen, <sighs> Michael Jordan was terrible. Really, really, Scotty. Mm-hmm. All right, let me let me get back on track. <laughs> See, Mike says Neela Mafia told me that the website was a different website. I'm not reading it today. See, Mike, I'm not reading that today. Volstorm says it's a bloodbath on these Twitter streets this morning. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, what approach are we going to use today, Vol Twitter? We're going to show them you know receipts. What approach Vol Twitter is going to use, Swing? I know. They're, they're they're bringing up all the receipts and going for the neck. We're not going to take the high road today. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> oh man, oh my goodness, it's going to be fun, man. Talking about this um this matchup Thursday versus LSU, it really it really will be. Uh, ben McKee, Go Vols 247, man. You be safe on that road. We will talk to you soon. Great job with your coverage. I know Tennessee fans really, really appreciate uh, your work. You have raised the bar in this market when it comes to covering baseball because everyone has improved their coverage of baseball. I think the reason why is because of you, my friend. So enjoy your travels. Great job. We're proud of you. That's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here from the Low T Center studio. Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Peace and love. We are out.